Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Thank you. <clears throat> so funny as I have a little bit of a false start on all the songs today, it seems. I'm having a, you know. That's a new one. Yeah, that is a new song for me. I've never sung that song publicly before today. Um, but I'm also thinking, I have a good excuse because, because of everything that, I, that went into putting the Christmas Eve service together. I was, a, I was pretty busy this week. I didn't really focus on that song particularly uh, for a bit. I want to start today with a quote of Thomas Troward. Thomas Troward was a, was a luminary of New Thought. He uh, was contemporary with the Fillmores and with Ernest Holmes. Uh, and he was actually the first president of the International New Thought Alliance, of which this uh, spiritual center, this church, is a member still. Um, he gave a series of lectures in Edinburgh that's in Scotland, uh, back at the turn of the last century, 1906, I want to say, is when these lectures were given. And they are foundational uh, works for anyone who studies New Thought. They are truly rooted as foundations of New Thought. He wrote this, or said this, in the lectures, which was then, they were then later transcribed and uh, published. He said, my mind is a center of divine operation. The divine operation is always for expansion and fuller expression. And this means the production of something beyond what has gone before, something entirely new, not included in past experience, though proceeding out of it by an orderly sequence of growth. Therefore, since the divine cannot change its inherent nature, I'm going to say that again. Since the divine cannot change its inherent nature, it must operate in the same manner in me. Consequently, in my own special world, of which I am the center, it will move forward to produce new conditions, always in advance of any that have gone before. That feels really good to me. I know it's a very long quote. But there are a couple parts of this quote that I want to highlight. The divine operation is always for expansion and fuller operation. That's number one. The divine operation is always for expansion and fuller operation, or fuller expression. Basically what that is saying is that the divine operation is always moving itself forward. It is always evolving itself into greater expressions of itself, fuller expressions of itself. And that is happening by means of each and every one of us. That's the second part of what he's saying. Something entirely new is being born at all times from that center of divine operation. And since this is who and what we are, each and every one of us, our inherent nature is expansion and fuller expression. That is the core nature of each and every one of us. So, if I'm going to very succinctly state it, our mind creates our experience in fuller ways all the time and cannot help but do so. And that's the whole message today, really. That is really the whole message. We are constantly on a path forward 
evolving no matter what into expressions, fuller expressions of this infinite divine self of which we are all. Not just a part, but from which we are all expressing because there is no separation. There is only God and that is who and what we are. It is often on the final Sunday of a year in my ministry over the past years that I have been, uh, that I've been preaching from, you know, various pulpits. It is usually on the final Sunday of the year that I take the opportunity to reflect. I think a lot of us take the opportunity to reflect at the end of the year. You know, we say, oh, well, what has this year been? We don't need to worry about what this year has been because I think a lot of us have a lot of opinions about what this year has been. And they will not serve us moving forward. So... How shall we reflect? It is a common New Year's practice to see where we have come from, to, you know, decide where we are going. Reflection can be a great tool. It can be a great tool. It allows for the observation for our growth because it allows us to live within comparison. Who we are now is inherently an evolution and a growth from who we have been. Even five minutes ago, we're a fuller expression of self now than we were five minutes ago. So, just as an exercise, not that we're going to live on this paradigm, but just as an exercise, I would like you to consider for a moment, just for a moment, what are some ways that you recognize growth in yourself over this past year. Just allow yourself to see what comes up for you, what comes up in your mind. One of the things that comes up is there's a meme that's been going around. Basically, it essentially says that 2020 was going to be a year where I, you know, discovered or was able to ob obtain all the things that I was seeking in my life, and yet it has become a year where I can reflect on the gratitude I have for everything I have. That's one of the things that comes up for me, gratitude, because it's not been an easy year. It hasn't. It just hasn't. And it's okay to say that. We can say that. It doesn't mean that we're going to live that moving forward because the divine is always working itself in terms of fuller expansion and fuller expression and cannot help but do so. What if we laid down the comparisons of the past and we just accepted that growth and expansion as each and every one of us, growth and expansion is and was and will ever be inevitable. That there is no way we cannot continually grow and expand. We can never actually regress. We are always living in progress. Or as I would say in Canada, progress. Isn't that really what Troward was, Troward was offering when he said the divine will move forward to produce new conditions always in advance of any that have gone before? That is God's nature and we are, that is our core identity. So our work is actually to let go and allow that forward momentum to take us on that journey. It's like the rolling river God. You know, the, essentially that song is about God, the construct of God, this consciousness, this awareness, to wipe away the rough edges that we actually build up ourselves, that when we understand that God, that power, that infinite creative power, is at the core of all things, that we are in that flow, every rough edge 
is taken away and we find ourselves smoother in the hands of grace as those individualized stones. But we are not separate from that flow. We are not separate from the river. We are part of the river. The divine will move forward to produce new conditions always in advance of any that have gone before. It's that always in advance part that God, spirit, consciousness is always evolving whether we actively participate or not. Now we can actively participate in that. But we don't have to actively participate in that if we understand that that is our core nature. When we start to put ideas of importance on things out there, though, we separate ourselves from that consciousness, and that's when things can go awry. So, so the joy is in the journey. The joy is in the journey. What if we let go of the super serious approach to life? That's really what today I want to get to. What if we let go of the super serious approach to life and just started living it joyfully? What if we just decided that today I am going to live from joy, that that is who and what I am? And I don't need to worry about anything in the world of circumstance. I don't need to worry about the legislation that doesn't seem to be want to be passed or it, uh, we don't need to worry about, you know, acts of violence. We don't need to worry about any of that. I am going to decide that my personal journey right here and right now is going to be lived joyfully. The minute I start to align myself with all that stuff out there, boy, that can be a joy killer. We don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. Now, there is benefit to looking at those things and knowing that we can infuse our joy, our light upon those things, and those things will shift and change. That's the other thing that is very, very powerful as New Thought practitioners, that we have the capacity to change the experience of the world. I'm going to go to the person who was my foundational author in New Thought, and that is Ernest Holmes. He wrote, today is the only day in which we live, and yesterday has forever passed. The change we need to make within ourselves must be made today. So it begs this question, who will you be today? Who will you decide to be today? It's not uncommon that people find their way to New Thought teachings because they are looking for change in their lives. A lot of people come to this philosophy, you know, um, with, with that in mind, without even sometimes realizing it. They get dragged to a New Thought Church, Unity or Religious Science Church, doesn't matter. They get dragged to a New Thought Church, and it's funny because I always like to say to people, whether you are here on purpose or not, you are here on purpose. There are people who will come into a New Thought church for the first time looking for something and they'll sit in the back. And I know that many people have expressed to me that this was their experience. They sit in the back row and they find themselves weeping through their first experience of a New Thought service because there's something that is resonant that touches them at that level because they have been looking for something that is unlike what they have known. They are looking for change. What they find within New Thought, I believe, is a promise for a better experience of life, a better expression of life, and that that is born from changing our patterns of thought. Whole teaching right there. We change our patterns of thought. Those patterns are rooted in belief. 
When we change those things, our life changes. And so what happens in that is we're like, oh, I can do this, yes. And then we work really hard. We take it so seriously. We go and we study. We're like, I'm going to study all of the books. I'm going to study. I'm going to study. Oh, I'm going to study lessons in truth. I'm going to study the science of mind. I'm going to study whatever, you, whatever aspect of new thought you study. I'm going to study Thomas Troward. I'm going to study Ralph Waldo Emerson. I'm going to study. I'm going to study. And I take it very seriously. And I'm going to change my life. Yes. I'm working very hard to change my life. And we forget to live life in joy. We place such focus on the change we seek. We do it at the expense of joy sometimes. So today, it is time for fun. It is time for some serious fun. If we accept that God is always evolving in forward-moving ways, why do we feel the need to work so hard? I'm letting that go today. Life is meant to be lived joyfully. Auntie Mame had it right when she said, life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to death. We are not those suckers. We are not starving to death. We are enjoying all the fruits on that banquet. Now we can be serious about our spiritual practice. I take very seriously my connection to the utilization of prayer in my life. I take very serious my connection to the utilization of affirmations and meditation and all of the things that we do, the labyrinth. It is a very serious practice for me, but I do so with joy in my heart and I don't let it become so serious that it eliminates the joy of my life. It takes a willingness to let go of those limitations. So are you willing to let go of the limitations. Limitations, limitations of what, what, of, of what, what, what we think. I can, easy for me to say. Limitations of what we think, like what life should look like, right? What life should look like. Oh, life should look like this. You know, the ways in which others should behave or the ways others should express or dress. It's so it's funny. Speaking of that, um, I, we, we were in the final countdown towards the service, and I realized that I didn't put on my, my nice shoes and that I'm wearing tennis shoes. You, can get a, you don't have to get a close-up because my tennis shoes are kind of ratty looking. But I ended up wearing my tennis shoes, and I even went to Laura, and I said, Laura, I have to go change my shoes. So she said, why? You can, you can leave your shoes. I'm like, okay, I will, because today it's part of what I'm talking about. I don't need to live within the paradigm of what others think I should, the ways in which I should express. Decisions about what should have been or should be. And then there's that irreverent, reverend part of me that comes up and says, we should stop shoulding all over ourselves. How many of us have been focused and how many of us have placed our focus on the perception of challenge that we have had this past year in 2020? It's easy. It's easy, so easy to see all the problems. But many of us miss opportunities because they are disguised as problems. So what I want each of us to consider today are the opportunities that we can embody in this here and now moment without judgment about what has been because we may have looked upon these opportunities as problems in the past. I was faced with an opportunity when I realized that 
the Christmas Eve service was going to be something different, and it was going to, be, and, and I thought to myself, well, I could, you know, very easily, we, I could have made it very easy upon myself, and we could have done a traditional Christmas Eve with a camera and, you know, doing it live from here, and I thought, you know what, I want to do something different. I want to take the opportunity to express in a different way, to allow that creative God nature that is me to flow forth in a way that I think will be resonant with this community. I've certainly had my share of looking at things as problems. But I choose to see them as opportunities. I choose to see them as opportunities. So what that requires is that we all let ourselves off the hook. I have to let myself off the hook for those things that I looked at as problems in the past. It's one of my favorite aspects of this ministry, and it became a catchphrase for me for a long time to encourage and invite people to let themselves off the hook. We are the only ones who can make the change in our lives that we seek. No one else is going to do it for us. I can't do it for you. It is up to each and every one of us to take to heart the changes we would like to experience, to let go, take time for some serious fun, and allow God to evolve in its perfect way, which is its nature. I've written books in the past. Well, I've written one book that I've published. I've written books, one that's been published. <laughs> I've written screenplays, I've written plays, you know. And as a writer, as a sometimes writer, what I have learned in the practice of writing is, is this. As long as I keep trying to rewrite that last chapter, I will never start work on the new chapter. How many of us are trying to rewrite that last chapter? I need to stop. I need to put it down. I need to stop trying to edit it. And I need to say, oh, I am ready for the new. I am ready for what is to unfold. Life is like that. When we get focused on fixing the past, we halt our steps into the new. And so as we step into a new year, this is the final Sunday of 2020. As we step into a new year, who will we decide to be moving forward, letting go or trying to edit or shooting ourselves around? the past. Now, somewhere along the line, we learned that that was the way to be, that, that we had to really, you know, be serious. Carl Sagan offered this. Carl, I love Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan wrote this. He said, you go talk to kindergartners or first grade kids and you will find a class full of enthusiasts. They ask deep questions. They ask, what is a dream? Why do we have toes? Why is the moon round? What is the birthday of the world? Why is the grass green? These are profound, important questions, and they just bubble up right out of them. You go talk to 12th graders, and there's none of that. They've become incurious. Something has happened between kindergarten and 12th grade. Now imagine if we don't take charge of our thinking, what happens between 12th grade and whatever age we are. And it's been a while since I've been out of 12th grade. I think that it is time for each and every one of us to find our way back to, to that bubbling curiosity around life. And that's why this coming year, 2021, I've decided to make the theme for the year be Emerge. 
to allow that bubbling curiosity to emerge from within each and every one of us, to stop taking life so seriously and allow the fun to be part of the experience, to be part of the paradigm and perhaps lead us as the experience and the paradigm to the fullest expression of divinity that we inherently are. I felt that it was appropriate to say it is time for us to emerge in 2021, following 2020, where many of us receded due to circumstances, where we looked at problems and saw them as problems, not disguised opportunities. So where are we headed? It is time for serious fun as we emerge. And so I ask you this question, what would you like to emerge, what would you like to emerge in 2021 for yourself? How would you like your divine life to be lived? It is up to you, to each and every one of us, to decide what that is going to be and then allow the joy to be in the journey. Make some in-the-moment decisions just right now. Just say, I'm going to choose to be this in 2021. Don't think about it too hard. Just allow yourself to let it be. Set the tone. Set the tone through serious practice and then allow yourself to have fun within that. I have set up a page on our website to help. Now, I understand in, past, uh, in the past, on New Year's, you've written letters to God, yes? Yes. It's a little challenging right now that we can't collect physical letters in hand. So I found this opportunity where if you go to our website, you can actually write out your letter to God. You can type it out and you can submit it with your email address and it will automatically be sent to you on July 15th, 2021. And you can see if you had the capacity to let go and allow that serious fun to take over. You get to decide what goes in that letter. The, the, the link is in the description of this video. Also, uh, I think we've put up a graphic that has the URL on there as well. You just type that into your browser. It's also linked on our homepage. Check it out. I'm gonna invite the band to come back up because that essentially is the homework today. <laughs> I want you to write that letter. I want you to decide that you're going to allow the joy to be in the journey. Write the letter, set your intention, allow yourself to determine what your God self looks like, and then live it. When that letter gets sent to you July, 25, July 15th, 2015, I fully expect that you will have all taken this to heart to such a degree that you will read that letter and say, yes, yes, yes. I am in the midst of emergence because we are never fully emerged. We are consistently in that state of becoming. We are consistently in that state of emerging. So emerge in 2021 with me. That's the homework. And definitely, definitely have some serious fun. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.